Our gospel this morning is from Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved on to the hill country in the, on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on by stages toward the Negev. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. Before we get started, I just want to say a word of thanks to the service team. They really are the ones who do all, have done all of the setup. I was on sabbatical this summer, and so as they got ready for God's work, our hands, um, they truly were the organizers. There, a bunch of them are out in the hallway. Do you, can you all just step in for a second? And Kristen, who just did our reading this morning, is one of our organizers. Could you just help, join me in giving them a round of applause and thanksgiving? Um, it is such a privilege to work with this a team of people who are passionate about serving and loving our neighbor, and so I am very grateful for each and every one of them, and for all of our team leaders today who do dare to venture forth and organize a group and go and try to figure out how we're driving places. So, thank you. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God, our Rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. On Labor Day morning, we gathered down at the Mississippi River. It was a fairly large group of us, about 60 in total, men and women, many clergy from the Minneapolis and St. Paul area, and many just churchgoers in general. We were an interesting group of folks, some Latino and members of tapestry, some were gay, some were straight, others were white, or all of us were white and brown and black, and we gathered around this woman with neon green colored hair and her bike. Pastor Melissa stood at the center of us as we gathered for a blessing ceremony before she took off on a two-month bike adventure down the Mississippi River. And as I stood there that morning, I started to reflect on her a little bit. If we had told Pastor Melissa two years ago that you're going to attempt to bike the length of the Mississippi River, I think she would have laughed. She didn't even have a bike at that time, as far as I know. And she would have said, that's not my dream. That's my son Christopher's dream. Why would she do that? 
But in the year and a half since her beloved Christopher had died, she started to realize that perhaps his dream had become her new calling. And so there we stood on Labor Day morning, sending Melissa on her way. On this bike tour that she says is fueled by love, a bike tour that she hopes will bring some healing in the midst of her grief and allow her to continue to share her story of faith and her poetry and blessings along the way. So we gathered to bless her and to send her with that knowledge that no matter where she went, she didn't go alone. Our prayers were with her, our blessings went alongside her, and most of all, God was there. She was blessed to be a blessing, or so we told her. This little phrase, blessed to be a blessing, is what Abram is told by God when God calls him out of his homeland and his father's house and says, go on this tremendous journey into who knows where. Go where I am taking you into the great unknown. I will give you some things, descendants and land, but most of all, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. And in you, Abram, all of the families of the world will be blessed by you. I love this phrase, blessed to be a blessing. If you've been in a small group with me, I've probably prayed it on occasion because that idea of this phrase has kind of helped me shape the way I think about my life. How have I been blessed in order to share my resources with someone else? How might what I've been given allow me to be a blessing onto other people? I've recognized that what I have in life is not something that I've earned or not necessarily deserved, but instead all gifts that have been given to me by God. And this indeed is the stewardship idea of being blessed to be a blessing. We all have things given to us, resources that are abundance, and we're called to go out and share them. And yet, as I've been thinking about Abram, and thinking about Pastor Melissa, and thinking about so many people I know in the world who are indeed blessings, it has very little to do with abundance and things that have been given to them, but more about their ability to help us see God through them. See, there is another idea about what blessing is. Our blessings are not necessarily material possessions, but they are instead an awareness that no matter what we go through, God is there. One of my favorite writers is a woman named Jan Richardson, and she writes blessings. There's actually a number of blessing books, but she's my favorite, and she writes blessings about everything that you can think of in the church. If there's a liturgical season, she's written a blessing about it. She writes blessings for the communion table, for the baptismal font, for most of the lectionary. She has written a blessing. She also wrote a book on blessings that I think she never anticipated writing. It's a book called Blessings in the Midst of Grief and Sorrow. See, Jan has been a, a minister in the Methodist Church for a long time. And after she had been married for four years, her husband died unexpectedly. And Jan said she did what she's always done. She continued to write blessings. She could do nothing else. 
And in her introduction to her book, she defines a blessing this way. She says, a good blessing enables us to open our eyes and our hearts to the presence of God that goes with us always. A blessing invites us to recognize and receive help of the one who creates us in love and, in, and encompasses us when we are at our most broken. In other words, when we are blessed to be a blessing, we are somehow able to see God in any situation, that God is with us, and we help others to see God too. Abram does this in his life, and I've often wondered how Abram experiences the presence of God with him. Do they have face-to-face -face conversations? Is God's voice so loud and profound he can't ignore it? Or does God come to Abram like God comes to me in subtle ways? And it is often more, af and it's often more true that it's after the fact that I recognize that I think God was working in my life than in the very present moment that I recognize it. I'm not sure about those things, but I am sure that Abram is blessed. He does indeed feel the presence of God who calls to him, who walks with him, and who is with him every stage of his journey of life and faith. And it makes a huge difference in who he is as a person and the way he lives. Abram's life is not one that is easy. Abram's life is not one where you would look at him and say, I want to be just like that guy. Look at all that he has. Instead, he is a man who struggles with a lot of things throughout his time. Abram lives through famine and war and conflict, and he spends decades of his life with empty hands and empty arms as he waits for this baby that he longs for more than anything. Abram waits alongside his wife, Sari, month after month as they experience the heartache of an empty womb, and it is easy to wonder where is God in the emptiness? Are there really blessings here? You see, Abram's blessings from God don't come in treasures or abundance, but instead in the promise that God is with him. That no matter what he is going through, God loves him, God knows him, and whether he is living in fear or doubt, or whether he is laughing or crying, God will listen, point out the stars, point out his promise, and remind Abram, it doesn't matter how long you wait, I have not left you. I walk with you. I will not abandon you. And it is indeed because of Abram's blessing of seeing God that so many of us have been blessed too. I mean, he's the father of three religions in our world today. Talk about the number of people who have been able to see God because of Abram's story and Abram's witness. Pastor Melissa has been one of those people for me who has blessed me because of her ability to see God. It's just one of her authentic gifts. She's had it since the day I met her. She would show up at our tech study and just kind of sit down and say the places where she was seeing God. And you couldn't really ignore her because she was just so authentic and truthful about it. 
But since her son's death, I have experienced these blessings more and more because as I will wander around and question where God is in the midst of tragedies and the ups and downs of life, Melissa will point to God's promise and how they have been real for her. On her bike tour, she is writing a blog, and she, if you aren't following her on social media, I would encourage you to do so. She does some live video updates, and then she'll journal and show pictures of her own, uh, of her own journey. And she's had her fair share of difficulties in the two weeks that she's been biking. There's been a number of flat tires. We've been informed of the rough roads. She gives thanks for every shower she gets. And yet she is welcomed at churches along the way, and she is bringing attention to the care of our waterways, and in particular, the Mississippi River. But she points out in her blogs as well the ways, the simple ways that God has been present for her. Last week she wrote, I was very tired out today. And then an eagle flew by and reminded me that I was not alone. I biked today for a good 10 miles with a dragonfly riding on my knee. From comets and shooting stars to eagles and dragonflies and neighbors who come out when she has a flat tire, Melissa says, here is God showing up on my journey. Here is God walking alongside me. And I will admit it is through her words and her witness that I've been blessed. On Thursday evening, I was driving to my parents' house over in Plymouth, and as I was going over Hopkins Crossway, I looked up in the sky, and here was an eagle circling the sky, and I thought of Melissa, and then I thought of God. Oh, yes, God is with me. God is with us. Today, as we head out for God's work, our hands Sunday, I wonder if we could embrace this phrase, blessed to be a blessing, but embrace it in that second way. We indeed have been blessed with things like fleece to make blankets for homeless youth or all sorts of supplies to put together blizzard boxes. And it is indeed from our abundance that we get to share with our neighbor. But we also have the opportunity to show people how we have experienced God in our midst and in our lives. We are indeed the blessings who get to walk out and invite other people to recognize that the divine is with them. How might we show our neighbors how much God loves them, but through our own love, through our own care, through our own acts of service? One of the things that Abram does on his journey is as he moves from town to town and place to place, he sets up altars to God. It doesn't really matter where he is or what he's doing. He sets up an altar. He acknowledges that God is in this place, that God is with him. And this is the promise that we have too. God isn't just there for Abram. God isn't just there for Pastor Melissa. God is there for you, for you. God is there for you on your days of joy and on your days of sorrow. God is there for you on the days where your hands are empty and you wonder what blessing you might be able to hold on to. And God is there on the days where your arms are full. 
God is there for you on every stage of your journey, loving you and inviting you to see God's presence among you. That is the blessing. And so, my friends, may we be blessed today to be blessings unto this world. Amen.